Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Life Radio. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. I'm Sarah. How are you, Sarah? Good. How are you, Steph? I'm good. good. I had my hair did today. That's always a good day. It is a good day. I'm actually contemplating doing something really, really um, fun and crazy. And I would like to ask Leo why he decides to start whining when we hit record. Like, you've been in there the whole time. And we've been whining, talking. And now you want to whine and get out. Because he's they done to be quiet. Because he's the podcast pup. That's why he's a spoiled rotten brat is what he is. But that means he fits in very well in this house with everyone else. So I've been thinking about. Um, it just hit me to like it just came to me today, and I'm really thinking about doing something um, wild, adventurous, <laughs> adventurous. Yes. yes, different, new, different, new, and it's a little scary. And so I'm not going to tell you right now, but if I do it. I'll let you know. I think that's fun. It's always really cool to change things up. Isn't it? Yes. And I'm I'm I am convinced that this is why God gave women hair. <laughs> <laughs> if it was not meant to be played with and colored and, and curled and straightened and cut and, and let it grow and it, then then there I don't understand. <laughs> it's true. Yes. I am still have every time I go in Shade is like so what are we doing? And I'm like, um, nothing. Cause I'm like, I honestly, for me, when, after my divorce, I like chopped it yes, off. I yeah. chopped it off. And then now I'm letting it grow again, yeah. letting it grow because I, my dream was for it to be long for the wedding. It's getting there. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't really honestly have a whole lot of time left. No, you don't. Um, so yeah. So, but it's, it's long enough that I feel like it's mm-hmm. quote long. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would love. I mean, I, I'm loving my long hair. I don't think that I'll cut it for a, for a long time. Yeah. But maybe I could be talked into something, a, a new fun color. Yeah. And our hairdresser sometimes listens to this, and she's going to probably hold me to oh, that. Oh, she will. She will. I sat down. <laughs> so I walk in today, and um, and she's like, "So what are we doing?" I said, "Well, here's the deal." I feel like I'm cheating because my quarantine regrowth was so big that today I went in and I'm like, you, you don't, I don't even need to be here. That's how I felt too. Isn't that crazy? It was so, I mean, my quarantine regrowth was so extreme. I was starting to believe I would know what my hair looked like if I let it all grow out. Hmm. So when I went in today and it's just like barely gray, it was just like barely showing i I said i kind of feel like i'm cheating like i i could wait a couple i'm not going to right (laughs) right no don't wait don't wait right i mean i get it so it's uh but yeah i'm just like touch me up Mm -hmm. i'm not ready to change I, i love being red i absolutely love my red hair and um i am not playing with the color that's 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 yes that's is that a, yes. that's a hint you're it not is, playing that, with that, a, that's a hint I'm, you're not, I'm not playing, playing with a color. color see i think the next thing i'll do is maybe play with the color but i don't yeah. i have no idea what i'll do because i love my hair dark i love it dark but i'm now at an age where dark, dark? does not, does <laughs> not work long no it does not work unless i had a if i had unless our unless she like did something every other week right and that's just not obviously not going to happen so I have to go, if I'm going to do something different, I'd have to go lighter. And I don't know if I, I don't necessarily think I'd look really great blonde. I don't know. But anyways. It, but there are other things that you could do that are lighter that aren't necessarily blonde. Well, that's true. But So, but so, maybe, maybe once I, uh, once I get married, maybe I'll play with it a little there bit. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Do something it's, different. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It is. It's fun. Um, When I went so what was that two weeks ago? I I don't know. They 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 still all run together. Your days. My, my days still. All, I have no concept of like serious time. But um, my biological mom started letting. Well, didn't start. Her hair has completely grown out now, and it's all white. Um, it her hair was very dark, nearly black for most of my childhood until she started coloring it, which she started doing because she was going gray. Mm-hmm. And my grandma, her mom was, had this beautiful white hair my entire life. Like I never knew 
my grandma Marge with hair other than this beautiful white hair that she had. And so when my mom, I, I went into my sister's baby shower and it was the first time that I had seen my mom with all white hair. She wears it really well. Mm. And I'm like, if my hair grew out and was that color when I hit a certain age, I'd be okay with that. So when is that certain age? I don't I wonder. know yet. I know. I get it. I'm just wondering because I'm thinking, I know there's going to come a time, well, that, that certain clothes will <laughs> will work. I know. With, whether there's like gold and glitter sequence. Like, when do we start wearing paisley? Right. So like, <laughs> I know that there's going to come a time when certain, when I hit an age where like, oh, I can wear that now. Or I would, I mean, I'm just, or I think that I would, or like, or a certain age when my hair, when I'll be like, you know what I can do, I can let my hair be gray. Because when I was little, um, like in young elementary school, our next door neighbor had her cousin over. And so my dad would have been in his young or I mean, really, really early 30s. Well, maybe even late 20s, early 30s. And, you know, when you're little kids and you see somebody with gray hair, you think that they're they're old, extremely old. Right. So we're out there playing. And my dad's very, my dad was always really athletic and active and, and everything. And so, but we're playing and she looked at me and she said, your grandpa sure is nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to. To be, and I don't want to have like somebody say your grandma sure is nice, and I'm yeah. you know, and I'm not even close to that. So I'm kind of trying to to gauge, and I still want to look. I still don't think I look extremely old. So I'm wondering when that age will hit to be like, oh yeah, I can I can rock gray or white or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So um, talking about you know um, aging and, and getting older and sense of style and you know it and mm-hmm. clearly I'm joking about the paisley like that is just you know never okay to wear and <laughs> sorry Sarah just choked on her coke zero because that was like some good timing there <laughs> or poor timing considering was really which side of the desk you're on <laughs> I'm sorry go ahead oh shoot but um Paula Foster mm-hmm. and um we won't say her age because I don't know it but she is um, an older woman that I look up to, mm-hmm. and I love her sense of style. Oh yeah, that that woman still rocks it. And absolutely, so, she's she's super cool. She is. Yeah. I want to be cool like Paula. <laughs> yeah, if we can just be half as cool as Paula. We'll be doing all right. <laughs> doing okay. So yeah, I'm I'm thinking about doing something adventurous. That's cool. That's very yes. cool. So there's that. Awesome. I'm doing good. Got my hair did. I tell you what, and I know I said this before, but when she washes my hair, oh. it's like, I know. It's like heaven. I was getting ready to say, I know on the new earth, there's just going to be salons there, where people are going to be able to go in. You're just going to be able to walk in and get your hair, hair washed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'll be perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I have talked many times and it's not something that I've ever worked into my budget. And now in this, in this COVID world that we live in, I don't know if I would do it, but um, I have talked many times about making a weekly appointment for Shana to wash my hair. Hmm. Just to go in and have her wash because there is nothing. There is very little that's as relaxing Mm -hmm. as having someone else wash your hair. Yeah. And she does it very well. Yes, she does. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that would, that would be nice. That would be nice. Mm -hmm. Hmm. All right. So, we haven't talked a whole lot about um, COVID and not to get too political, but <laughs> we haven't. Um, it's weird because I go to work and nothing again, I've gone to work throughout this whole thing mm-hmm. and I've so really again, nothing's really changed for me, but I tell you what, I'm so tired of wearing a mask. Yep. <laughs> um, and that to me is like, it's a crazy world that we are now living in. I remember looking at pictures of people in China and thinking, thinking we would never have to yeah, do that. And thinking I can't imagine having a yeah. feeling like I had to wear a mask all the time. And now we're, now we're at this place and we're at this place where if you are in a certain States and you're not wearing them in public, they will find you. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is very true. And it's just so, it's a very interesting world that I'm trying to, to navigate because I want to be respectful of, of other people's um, concerns. And then, but not necessarily being 
compl- like concerned. And so I'm, I, I, how are you doing with that? I'm probably the wrong person to ask. Okay. Um, in public, I'm only wearing a mask if someone asks me to. Mm-hmm. Like when I go to Costco, they won't let me in unless I have a mask on. Okay. Um, now that it's posted at the door at Kroger that it's mandatory, I try to remember to. It to, is? Yep. I did not know that. When did they post that? I noticed it early this week, um, late last week, I guess. Huh. I had no idea. And, um, and I'm really here. I'm still avoiding places. You know, uh-huh. I, I wore it today to get my hair done. Yes, we I have, have to. We have to. And, and so I'm not, I'm not afraid of getting COVID. Um, and if I did, I would take the precautions. I would quarantine myself. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I understand that you can spread it and be, you know, not have symptoms and, Aces, you know, all, it, symptomatic. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I'm trying to be, I mean, the same, cautious of other people's concerns, but um, at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm not going places because I don't want to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. So I just don't go anywhere. Yeah. I really don't Except go. Kroger and Costco. I was going like, to say, I really don't go much any place anyways. I go and to, every five weeks, I'm going to get my hair colored. Yeah. I go to work. I go to Kroger. I go home. I mean, and in church, our church still has not um, opened because it's a it's a very large church, and so it would be a very a big mass gathering. Although they're going to start doing some opening, okay, at the end of this month, which is July. So I'm excited about that, but I'm sure that that will look completely different. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just talking about change and how we want change, but then we don't really like change, right? You know, it's just it's a it's a change. It's a whole new world. Um, and dang it, those material, like the masks that I wear, I wear just like material because mm-hmm. I, I have to wear one every day and so I can wash it and whatever. It is hot. Yeah. And I'm breathing in my own air, which is not. I don't like it. Yeah. So I, I don't um, I don't wear it unless I absolutely have to. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to know that you told me that about Kroger because I really I've didn't. actually decided to... Um, or go getting my massages for now. Um, my I got a text message from my massage therapist. Now she came to my house mm-hmm. and set up her table in the living room and uh, and did my massage here. And you know while we were all in quarantine, she wasn't she you know mm-hmm. was doing her part and like we did. And um, so she got a text message from her. I don't know, like ten days or something ago, that said that she was going to get back at it. But um, she'll be wearing gloves and um, she'll be wearing a mask. And she asks that I wear a mask when I'm on the table face up. And I'm actually going to forego getting my massages right now because number one, getting massage with rubber gloves does not sound appealing to me at all. And number two, and people can think what they want. I refuse to wear a mask in my own house. Yeah. And it, it's it's just that simple. This mm-hmm. is this is my space where, you know, if you came in here and you wanted to wear a mask, I would respect that, and and you know, not not a not a big deal. But um, I'm not going to ask you to wear one coming in here. Mm-hmm. I'm you know, and yeah, I. So so that's where I'm. I'm I'm right. Well, so you said I, I'm kind of wondering how this will affect my wedding, which is in October. Correct. Um, be some really good pictures, Sarah. <laughs> but, but, um, I they um I, the place where I got my um dress, they're mm-hmm. sending out emails with um blinged out masks for brides. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no. Yeah. So, um, the one of the the big things in the Ravenscraft house that is still up in the air to be affected by COVID is that McKenna is due to dance in the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade in November. She, her dance studio is invited by the spirit of America dance production, um, who provide the dancers for the parade. We're still waiting as of right now. The parade is 
not been canceled. It's not been canceled. Um, When all of this first started, the word was the parade still happened two months after 9-11. The parade's never been canceled. It won't be canceled. Okay. A parade with no spectators, no fun. And um, so I've been like, are they, what, are they going to send these dancers face masks to to wear while they're, Hmm. while they're dancing? I mean, it's 600 dancers. You can't have them be six feet apart. Right. That's a mass gathering. It's a mass gathering of people. So, um, and that's just the dancers. That's, that's not, right. (laughs) That's not any of the other people that are supposed to be in the parade. And you you can't even travel to New York without quarantining for two weeks prior I think it was New York. McKenna and Cliff were supposed to go on a trip and they looked at all of these different places to go and hmm. there were all of these rules and regulations mm-hmm. to travel there. And I think New York was you needed to quarantine for two weeks prior to coming in. And for Maine, you have to prove that you have a negative test within like 72 hours of entering their state. And, wow. Um, so, so there are all of these restrictions on travel still in July. We're supposed to have an upswing when it gets cold again. And so we're we're holding out. We we think that we think that it should be canceled. As as parents, as American citizens, as you know, we, we believe that that mm-hmm. it should probably be canceled, but we don't make that call. Um as we get closer, we can make the call. We're canceling. We're not going, but we're kind of waiting and playing it out and seeing how it goes. Yeah. But um, where was I going? So that is one big up in the air thing that is still. Yeah, that in school. And school, right? There really, still has not been an announcement on school there or has, how they're going to do that. I have an email in my inbox that came in this afternoon. From our new superintendent, we have a new superintendent who just started last week. And what a what a time to start, huh? Right? Yeah. Or, no, hold on. What a time to get out. What a time to retire. <laughs> That's true. The, like, that was I'm very out. wise. Here you go. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Now, it was already planned that he was retired. Mm-hmm. Like, but uh, but he got out just in time. So there is a there is a. I guess he's going to start giving regular updates. On expectations, um, on of- expectations, and so there's a list of of um, new rules and stuff. But I was talking to, I think I was talking to McKenna. Um, like our high school is already at capacity. Yes, social distancing will not be possible if all students return to class. Mm-hmm. It it just won't. I mean, you can have them wear a mask. That's fine. But they're not going to be able to be six feet apart. Correct. Hallways aren't even six feet deep mm-hmm. or wide, you know. Um, so I am fine with my kid going back to school. Mm-hmm. I really am. But I know that there are some people that are not. Correct. And I, I totally respect that. So I'm anxious to see what he said. Well, I'm not anxious, but I'm interested to see what he says in this update. But yeah, we still haven't got word on how this is happening. A friend of mine from Arizona, they they got word like in June. I think. I mean, I know he told me this three or four weeks ago that they have three options. Um, they can do all online. They can all go back to like can like you can choose what your child is going to do. They can do all of their work online. They can do all of their work in class or they could hybrid and do, mm-hmm. you know, a half and half. And he says, he's like, uh, my kids are going back. We ain't even telling them they have an option. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He's like, they got to get out. And um, his oldest is McKenna's age. And I forget how I think his next one is um, like 11, like 11 or 12, something like that, I think. But um He's like, they, we're not even letting them know they have an option. They'll figure it out when they get there and the classrooms are smaller. But <laughs> they go in. Well, what's crazy about this whole thing is that it really has upended the way that Americans do life because part of 
childcare is yes. school. And so people who, you know, both parents work, they don't have the flex or they don't have a flexible job or whatever it is. What is the, what would be the plan for those parents? You know, that's um, some people don't have the luxury of, of being able to, one parent being able to stay home or right. one parent um, or, you know, you've got single moms, you've got, I mean, or whatever it is. And so it really ha- really will upend the way that American and childcare is really it not already, oh, ha- yeah. it already has, but, but for a, so it's just, it's a ripple effect, right? You know, it's, there's not just one, you know, it's not just about the kids, but it's about families and how they're going to do life and, and how they choose to make that work. If, right. if there is a hybrid or if they do th- things online or if, or if something else happens again, yeah. how do you, how do you We do were that? talking about, I, I think this was, I think this was, Megan had friends over on Friday and a group of friends from high school that she hasn't seen in, in like a year. And so I was listening to them talk about how college has changed Very and much. that, um, you know, what college looked like for them their first year and a half, it won't look like for McKenna when she goes. Mm-hmm. And that... You know, all of these new things are be, being put into place. And so they're talking about when kids go back to school, you know, how is it going to be? You know, we're talking as, you know, semi-adults <laughs> about understanding that not everybody's going to follow the rules and there's not really a way to not show up to class three minutes before class start. Like you can't be in the classroom three minutes before class starts, but you can't congregate outside and you can't, you can't congregate in the hallway and you can't congregate outside. So like, it's not possible, like they're making it impossible. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we're 20. She's like, you got kindergartners who are going to go in and be like, your mask is cooler than mine. Can we trade? (laughs) Right. You know, like, how are you going to handle those things? And, and those really, are, kindergartners being able to social distance, they don't, they don't know. They, they don't, don't get, know that. Kindergartners don't know personal space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, yeah, it's going to be a real... It's going to... And that puts a, a great burden on teachers. Teachers and, and, and assistants, you know, aides. And, like, it, it's it's a home... It's going to be... It's a, a definitely um, something totally new. And that's not like the hair color. No. Like, no, like this is like, this is more painful. Right. For sure. For Your sure. hair color, you can get changed back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for You've sure. You've got to wait a few weeks. But mm-hmm. th- this is, um, this definitely changes this American culture. Changes the culture. World the way, culture. Yeah. Even, the the yeah. way we live day to day as we know it. And it is hard to swallow a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So last week we talked about at the end when we said we were going to come back to that. Do you remember exactly what you said or do you, do you want to know how you want a word leading into that or? I don't know how I word. I don't remember the word for word. Sure. What I said. Um, just the idea. But just the idea. And we're talking about um, helping people through trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Like how do you yeah. do that? And um, so, no, I don't have any words to lead us into that. Other than a thought. Okay. Okay. Because mine was not, I was thinking about it in the car today, actually, I think. Um, When my nanny died and we were at the visitation, um, you asked me a simple question and it wasn't what, it wasn't what can I do for you? It wasn't, um, it was, what do you need? Mm-hmm. And at the moment I needed to get out of the conversation that I was in. Mm-hmm. And that's what I told you. I said, get me out of this conversation. And, um, and so I was just thinking about how important our words are. And in, from my perspective, in the case of, loving you and and supporting you and being there for you um over the last seven years and i didn't do it all well (laughs) um i think that i lost my train of thought where was i gonna go 
I, I think that, you know, I had to learn how to put my opinions and my judgments aside and support where you were at. And that wasn't always easy mm-hmm. because I could see things that you weren't ready to see and I couldn't force you to see them because that wasn't my, that wasn't my place. That's not what I was called to do. Mm-hmm. Am I making any sense? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, but, but just thinking on, on that one instance um, in October, your words to me were, what do you need? And then you feel that need. I was having a conversation with, um, well, with my parents and, um, it was, you know, I'm so grateful that they don't understand divorce and infidelity and toxic relationships. Do they have their issues? Absolutely. And they'd be the first to admit that. Um, but they can't understand what I've, what I've experienced. You can't understand as a married person. Mm -hmm. Now you can look at it and you can, um, have great empathy for my kids because Mm -hmm. you've been there. And I can't understand that because I haven't been where, you know, you've been or my kids Mm -hmm. are or whatever it is. Um, and so I remember um, we were talking about, I was at there, I was visiting their home and we were in the living room and I don't remember what was said or, or whatever. Um, but I think it, it was cause you said what you asked, you just said, what do you need? There was a point in time when I would be laying on the bathroom floor, weeping and sobbing and being utterly and completely alone and, I didn't even have the energy or the or the fortitude to even pick up the phone mm-hmm. to ask for help. Um, and um, I think for somebody that's in that kind of trauma, that kind of grief, for me, just knowing that that you have somebody on your side and they and I knew that I could call them at any time I knew, but they live, they lived far away um, that I couldn't just, you know, sometimes you just need a pre- the presence of someone and you just need to know that you're not in this alone. You And um, because so many times people in that kind of place don't even know what to ask for. Mm-hmm. They don't. And, Um, it's so, one of the hardest things though, is that when you're in trauma, you know, you need people, but you also know that people can't take away the pain. They can't take away the grief. They can't take away it all. You have to go through it. Um, and it's a, and you, but you know, you need community. So it's a very, and you don't want to be a burden. Um, so it's a really difficult, um, place to um to manage especially and i can't um i can't imagine what it's feeling helpless because you would feel because watching you know when i'm when i'm watching someone hurting and i can't fix it i can't really do anything i mean i'm i'm walking i'm helping um, people walk through um i'm meeting people that are going through divorce and there's really nothing that can be said or done or can take away the pain. But um, it's, and that's what's so difficult about, about trauma. Mm-hmm. You have, you have to go, you have to go through, have it. To go through it. It's it's a through process. It's not a go around. It's not a go over it. You can try to do all of those things. And believe me, in, in the midst of trying to heal, I did a lot of stupid things trying to take away the pain and it doesn't, there's nothing that can take it away besides just walking through, walking through it. And for me, knowing that I did have people that I could absolutely go to, um, 
was was essential. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I've also learned now that people in that trauma don't know what they need or how to ask for it. So trying to be more proactive when I see someone in the midst of that or just checking in um, is something that I've learned mm-hmm. to do. Um, I was thinking about this question, and um, so um, one of my favorite songs that got me through it was God Only Knows by mm-hmm. King and Country. Um, do you, can I, I forgot to bring my phone down. Can you look up those lyrics for me? I have to sneeze. Well, that's not good. <laughs> you need a mask. Yeah, I won't <laughs> sneeze on you. Oh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> I actually, um, I inhaled some dust at Kroger. Oh, don't you? Oh, it's the worst thing. And I, and I, 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 I coughed. And I mean, I, I mm-hmm. wear a mask. I right. put my face in my shirt inside my mask right. and people are looking at me like you know i i literally just killed them and um megan's like mom that's a cardinal sin i'm like i know right but you can't help it when you've but got Kroger needs to dust it's not my fault <laughs> can't help it my gosh that's what's so scary about that you feel like you're gonna get tarred and feathered for I sneezing know. now hmm it's still just a daily, right? You know, everyone sneezes, right? So this song got me through. Yes, one of the songs that got me through. There's a couple, but this is one of them. And um, it um, they say, "Wide awake while the world is sounds sound asleep, and too afraid of what might show up while you're dreaming. Nobody, nobody, nobody sees you. Nobody, nobody, nobody would believe you. Every day you try to pick up all the pieces." All the memories, they somehow never leave you. Nobody, nobody, nobody sees you. Nobody, nobody, nobody would believe you. And then the chorus is, God only knows what you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows how it's killing you. But there's a kind of love that God only knows. Um, The next verse is, you keep a cover over every single secret. So afraid if someone saw them, they would leave. But somebody, somebody, somebody sees you. Somebody, somebody will never leave you. God only knows what you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows how it's killing you. But there's a kind of love that only God knows. And then the bridge is for the lonely, for the ashamed, the misunderstood and the ones to blame. What if we could start over? Oh, for the lonely, for the ashamed, the misunderstood, because there's a kind of love that God only knows. And I... That song spoke to me because it drove me to understand there is absolutely nobody that really could help me through the trauma except for God. And he to- and it totally pushed me. That trauma pushed me towards God. And um, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 from the message says, Now that we know that we have Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, Let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing. He's experienced it all, all but sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. And, you know, I was thinking about the things that, if you're a Christian, you understand that, that Jesus was perfect, but he was still human. And he was weak. He experienced loneliness. He was betrayed. He was rejected. He was misunderstood. People hunted him down. They, he was talked about. He was slandered. He was despised. He longed for relationship with people, and they walked away from him. And so anything that we can experience on this earth, it's amazing to me that we serve a God who decided to take all of that on and um, has experienced that for himself. And so he really does understand trauma and he really is there with us in the midst of it. And so we can, we could want people to be there and we need people in our lives. But what I'm hoping and, um, and understanding more in my life is that it's driven me for this desperate desire for relationship with Jesus even more, because he truly is the only one that can, that can get it. Mm -hmm. And we, we, um, and people are going to disappoint us, but, that does not mean that we don't need them and we shouldn't push them away because they can't, they are literally are unable to take away pain. 
And when we try to um, have these expectations, we are, we're getting rid of the thing that we're, that God's providing for us. And so, um, for anybody that is out there just feeling so alone and, and just doesn't know how to, what the next step would be, I would let it drive you to the one who truly does know your need. And then, um, and if you know someone is just reach out and say, Hey, what do you need? How can I help? Is there anything that you need? If not, can I just come over and hold your hand or, or whatever? And that, um, is the best thing that can be done. I, you know, some of my, some of the reason I think our relationship is so strong is because we drank a lot of tea together. Yeah, we did. And we drank a lot of Diet Coke together and we've just sat with each other. Uh, I never drank Diet Coke. Well, okay, but, but yes. now it's Coke Zero. <laughs> but you know, but we were just there. We didn't just have there. to, we didn't have to, to, to do anything and we could just be free to be, um, be ourselves. Sometimes we didn't say anything. Sometimes, you know, we did, but, you know, our relationship's definitely built on drinking good tea and setting and sitting in it um, and sitting in it for a, for a time so that you have the strength to walk through. Mm -hmm. And um, so I I think that, um, yeah, that's what I say about that. No, I love that. Um, And, you know, there, there were days in the very beginning of your journey through divorce that we were together every day mm-hmm. and just sitting in it mm-hmm. as the loved one watching you and asking God, what do I do? There were also times when he said nothing. I got it. Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you have to, I had to trust that. I mean, mm-hmm. not that I, not that I don't trust God. I mean, I know I've seen him do amazing, miraculous things. And, um, and there, there were many times when he said, I, I've got it. I believe that. I mean, truly praying for someone is is one of the most important things you can do because God does have it. And when with everything stripped away and I only was left with him, um, you know, in um I think it's in Second Corinthians when Paul talks about this thorn in his flesh and he asked for it to be removed three times and God every my grace is sufficient for you. And when you get to a place when you have absolutely nothing left but Jesus and his grace you're in an awesome place to be. And so so many times as watching someone that is suffering and, and going through trauma and we want to take away the pain, but one of the best things that we can do is to allow God to be the rescuer and we just allow him to show up. And, and if he tells us to do something, then we do it, but we can't, we're not the rescuer. No, we are, we are there to be um, a supporter. Yes. A hand, a yeah. shoulder. Yeah, but not the rescuer. There's only one rescuer. And I think so many times those of us, I mean, we don't even, I mean, those of us that have been, I mean, that are going through the trauma at the time, we just want the pain to go away. But the pain is 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 a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to switch your mind to that. And, and, and to understand that this pain is leading you to a better place. Things are being stripped away because they're not good for you or it's not where you're supposed to be. The pain is good. You grow in pain. Absolutely. And so that's where growth happens. Yeah. It, pain is sacred. Pain can be sacred, but you have to make that choice. And there were times that I was just pissed and I was not thinking this, this is not, I want you to just take it away. And, um, but I'm so glad that I serve a God who says my pain is sacred because it took away, um, it, it took away everything that was hindering you from being, being with me and it, and has allowed you to be in relationship with me. And so the same thing can be said for our pain. It takes away the things that should not be there. And then it opens up this great new opportunity for, um, for life and freedom and relationship with people that we never would have had. And so 
just understanding that pain is sacred, whether you're the one in the trauma or you're the one watching it, um, is a, it's a very powerful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Forrest Gump would say, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And that is the truth. Isn't it? It really is. And so you need, we need to enjoy the ride. We need to enjoy the process that Dave's been telling me that first. Dave enjoys the process a lot more than I enjoy because he has a lot of patience and God is teaching me patience through Dave. He really is very present in whatever he's doing. Uh-huh. Something I really appreciate about him being present in that, in the moment. Um, he's not That's something Dave and I have in common. Mm-hmm. He's not distracted by phones and he's not distracted by whatever. He's just, he's, he's not looking for the next high. He's not doing it. He's, he's steady. He's stable. He's just in the moment. And when I'm with him, I feel very seen. And that's what, that's the other thing too, is that when people are there, they just want to be seen and heard. Um, and that's one of the best things is to just be present with the person. You don't, they don't need answers. They don't need, they don't need advice. They don't need anything like that. Um, especially when they're laying on that bathroom floor and they don't even know what they need, but just being seen and heard to know that, that, that their pain matters, that it's going to lead to something else. Um, that's yeah. So, but yes, enjoying the process. Um, he, he's very good at that. I'm not so good. At that. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. We we should all continue to learn. Mm-hmm. Yes, always. Yeah. Yes. So, um, we are hoping. I I, I kind of want to talk about this. Redeeming Love has this movie that's coming out. I do. And I want, I was hoping that you and I can read this book again together, talking yeah. about enjoying the process. Um, we've never read it at the same time. No, we have not. Um, we've read it at different times in our lives. Um, and and I think it's cool how um, God's used it to, at different points in our lives to, uh, help heal us and to help move us forward and to help our process and our journey. But I would like us to read it at the same time. What do you think about that? I think that that sounds good. Okay. I do. So um, I think that that would be fun to. It's going to be hard to get me started because you're going to make me read the prologue. Correct. Which I have not read since the first time I read the book. Hmm. There, Right. I'm with you. And, um, actually I tried to read it again. Um, it was probably about six months ago and I totally skipped all of that. Yeah. Um, the prologue is very, very difficult to read and it's very, it can be very triggering to those of us that have experienced abuse. I'm just going to, I mean, so, um, but it's also, um, it's also good for, for us who have experienced abuse to understand that there's a redemption, Mm -hmm. there is a redeeming value to what we've experienced that, that for me, that book has just given such hope for this love that redeems absolutely everything. It, It is, it is to this day, one of my favorite stories. And, to this day, probably one of the most forward moving pieces of healing that has been in my life. Mine too. I, I read that in my early 20s and God's grace. <laughs> God's grace. I was, you know what? I was probably, I was 20. 20. I think I was, I was, I was in college when I read it. I remember where I bought it. I remember uh, all of these different, I mean, I, I remember, and I, I remember, I didn't understand at that time that, that the spirit's capable of having, prompting you to do something. And that, that, that having a thought really not of your own, um, when you have the spirit inside of you is probably, um, it's, it's the spirit working because you don't think of something. It's just totally a random thing. And I remember walking by 
I remember walking by the table and I was supposed to buy another book and I, and I saw that and I, in, in the inside, you need to buy that book. And I was like, I walked by it and I kept doing what I was supposed to, I mean, doing something different and I, and um, came back to it. And this prompting again, you need to read, you need to buy that book. And I'm a college student and I don't have a lot of extra money. I ain't just the money saying, to buy that book. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I did not have the money to buy that book. I did buy it. I didn't steal it. Just oh, so. <laughs> But um, I have I, I don't even know what happened to my paper copy. I have it on my I have it on my um iPad now. But um I loaned it out to someone and never got it back. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna trust that they needed it at that time more than I did. Um but I I miss that that book. Mm-hmm. That the feel. The feeling that those papers, that those pages I um we lived in the A-frame and y'all can't see Sarah's face. Y'all need to know that Cliff and I lived in a house for 5 years that Sarah also lived in many years later. <laughs> that her daughter still lives in. Yes. I did that very well. You did do that very well. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> so <laughs> But you can picture this in your head because I was in the loft, uh-huh. okay, and um, in this tacky green chair that was a hand-me-down from my in-laws, and tacky green chairs can bring healing. They can. <laughs> um, I read all night long. Mm-hmm. I read all night long. I can't tell you how many times. I, oh my gosh, I wore glasses all the time then. That was before I got contacts, and um. How many times I had to clean my glasses because I couldn't see through the cry spots that were, you know, the water spots that were on them. And I missed those pages and what those pages meant, the healing that those pages brought. Mm-hmm. Um, I might actually go buy a paper copy to do this. I'm excited about doing this with you and just doing it at the same time. For me personally, I'm excited to learn what redeeming thing God has for me this time. But I, at that point in my life, I didn't really understand this deep, deep grace that God has for us and this deep, deep way that he works and moves. I didn't get it. And and does all of that. And it it started to open up my eyes to, to that. It was, it was, um, it totally, um, I went to Bible college for heaven's sakes. I grew up in a Christian home and I'm so grateful for all of that. And, and, and I know that that was just part of the process to get me to this place of understanding that God pursues us with unrelenting passion because he wants relationship with us. And he um, doesn't matter what we, where, what we are doing right now. It doesn't matter where we've been. It doesn't matter any of that. Just like I would accept Luke and Lydia with open arms because they're my child and I would move heaven and earth to get it, you know, to, to help them move forward. So their life will go well as the same God with the father's heart that will do that same thing. And, um, and it's a very, I just remember starting to take that in. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to do anything. Right. I didn't have to be anything. It revolutionized my faith. Not only did I find healing because the content I could relate to it revolutionized my faith in that that was the first that was the first introduction into my relationship with Jesus not being performance based shame based it's freely given his love for me is freely given it doesn't matter I don't have to you know read a book of the Bible a day. I don't have to show up to set up chairs for service every other week. I don't have to. It's not performance-based. It's not based on anything that I do. It is freely given. And if I accept it and I nurture it and I grow, that doesn't mean I don't read the Bible. That doesn't mean I don't serve others. That doesn't mean that I... But it's but out of the none, overflow. Those are things that come out of the overflow of the love that is freely given. Mm-hmm. 
It's so true. And on that is if it's not performance based, then, then it also, the things that I've done to screw things up, the ways that I have just royally messed <laughs> some, some things up and, and, and just been uh, human. Yeah. And it just made stupid, stupid choices and all of these different things. It's not performance based, not the good things that I do and not the bad things that I do. Exactly. I'm chosen and I'm accepted and loved because he created me and he wants relationship with me. And that was began that that book helped start that process of me mm-hmm. accepting the just the relentless um passion that God has for us. Mm-hmm. And it's I just I love. I'm so excited about about the movie. I can't wait to see it. I, but it's just given me a passion again to read this book to see you we're going to watch this together for the first time, correct? Yes. Like yes. we're this making that commitment. We will not yes. watch it without each other. No matter. I mean, I understand. Movie theaters may never open back up. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. And um, it's a date. Very good. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to, to read it through the eyes of this 43 year old. Yes. You know, 23 years later over, you know, and experience so much more life. Um, I'm excited and actually, and understanding myself better, understanding why I did some of the things that I did or some of the choices I did. And, and what's crazy is I didn't understand that when I was 20, but God did. Right. He knew what was going on in there and he wanted, he still does, wants to free me to be who he made me to be. And I'm really excited about this adventure. Even though it's a book again, I love how God can take those kinds of things and just explode our life into something even even more freedom even yes yeah awesome yeah yeah so that is on it it is it is going to happen yes we don't have a date we don't have what's gonna happen that we will read the book okay and we will record our thoughts okay on several chapters at a time this is going to happen, and then we will watch the movie, and we will, you know, talk about talk it. about that. Um, it will be separate from Authentic Life Radio. The only thing we can't tell you is when that will hit your feeds, right? Because <laughs> we don't know that yet. Yes, but we are planning on doing a Redeeming yes. Love podcast. podcast because, and I can, I, I'm actually excited to talk about it. Although, you know, on the like, it's funny that you came to me two three weeks ago or whatever and says hey let's read this book together and and podcast about it what do you think totally cool i've never done that before right um so i've read all the twilight books i've seen all the twilight Points. movies redeeming love the twilight okay just book <laughs> no. podcast i know just just book know. Co- podcast so um for those of you who may not know um i spent probably eight or nine months mentally in Forks, Washington, because I could not get out of this story. And when Steph goes there, I read the books in six days. When Steph goes there, she like really goes there. She marks what I love. It's it's awesome to watch her passion for books and what she's reading because she marks sections. Like she, she'll go back to them. She'll, she'll read them again. She reads the books over and over. I I loved, I myself love to read, but Steph lives. I, these books. I'm actually reading a book about, um, um, grief. And mm. and mourning right now, and um, so it, it's just and trauma and how she's handling the the trauma that went. Um, I'll be interested to to unpack that mentally, and that and that's what I'm doing when I'm go back. Yes, um, I am. I'm unpacking. I am. I'm figuring it out. I'm working my way processing through it, it and processing it. And so I spent probably nine months. I finished all four books in six days. That's crazy to me. Yeah, because there's some big books. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. And it, my kids were on spring break, and we were at my in-laws' lake house, and I literally read the entire time. I know one one morning I, I went to bed at seven a.m. and my kids were up at eight thirty, and I'm like, "All right, let's go." And then I gave them to their dad, and I went back to reading. It's like <laughs> I. 
consumed them. So in six days, I, I read the, the four stories, and then I spent nine months in this world that Stephanie Meyer created. Um, and I kept asking my husband to read them. And over and over again, he's like, why? It's because, you know, because it's a good story. You know? And so finally, months and months later, I said, I really think you should read these stories. And he says, why? And I said, because I like them and I asked you to. Mm-hmm. Apparently that was the right answer. Because now, today, my husband is still a twihard. I am not. I enjoyed them and I moved on. <laughs> To Fifty Shades of Grey, but we won't go there. <laughs> um, don't get me started on those books because some people won't like where I take you. But um, so we did. He did read those books, which I love your answer. And I love that he did that. Thank you. That's that a is, great partnership. That's actually, that answer has a story. So give me just this. I'll go back and fill that in for um, just for the purpose of the show. But um, but we, he read them and we did a Twilight fan podcast. Covered all the books, all of the movies. Twelve years ago, Stephanie Meyer was working on Twilight from Edward's perspective called Midnight Sun. It got leaked online. She stopped writing. Well, she posted what was leaked on her website. I read it from there. Um, I did not obtain it illegally. She put it on her site and I read it. Okay. Um, She's actually publishing that book and it comes out on August 4th. She finished it and she is publishing it. Um, I'm actually really excited to read it because he is a much more interesting in-depth character than Bella. Mm -hmm. Um. So you come and you say, hey, let's read Redeeming Love and, you know, record a podcast. And then my husband's like, hey, let's redo the Twilight podcast. That's hilarious. Let's reread these books. And I'm like, I really don't have a lot of interest in rereading the book, but I do want to read the new book. And um, I still think I'm going to. I think Mm -hmm. it would be fun to see what I think about it at 42 versus whatever I was, you know, Right, when it first came out. Probably. Was it? Hmm. Yeah. How old are you in the third grade? Like eight? Yeah. Nine? Yeah. Eight. And Megan's she'll be twenty one and she was nine when I was introduced to Twilight. So I love how you can mark things you remember your kids' age. Yep. That's really sweet. Yeah. Do you want to tell the story of So so real quick and then then we'll we'll get ready to wrap. Um so Cliff's answer came after many times or or my answer came. And his agreement, because we did a Bible study. Uh, we were part of a women's um, morning Bible study. You mean you and me. You and I. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what it was. I don't remember who the the teacher was. and all, But I remember very specifically that it said that um, to invest in a hobby of your husband's, to have a common... Mm-hmm. thing to do to have something in common to to be doing something together that is not bills or kids or you know intentional do something intentional to um spend time with um with well in the study it was with with your husband um for those of you who don't know that's how cliff and stephanie started podcasting <laughs> that was that was the hobby that i got invested in right and um and so then i that was his reciprocating. He mm-hmm. read Twilight to be invested in something that that I was interested in. And so that's and that that's how it you know. Yes. Yeah. I love that. That's a great story. And it's Thanks. so true. I mean you gotta have it has to be intentional. It, it really does have to be intentional. Really and both peop both people have to make the choice. Yeah. Only one, that's not a good place to that's, be. That's that's not equal ground. Correct. It's also not steady ground, but that's for a whole nother show. That is a so, whole nother show, and we got to wrap this one we up. We do. Guys, enjoy the process. Be on a journey. Understand that you're on a journey and enjoy the process. Live in the moment like Dave does. Yes, Dave does it very well. And, you know, 
just love life. Even if you're in a dark time, love where you're at. Make it sacred. Because yes. it is a stepping stone to where you're going. Yes. And that's a sacred place to be. And that's a sacred place to be. Absolutely. Thank you so much for letting us um, share our sacred and and our journey with you. And until next time, live your lives authentically.